podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. On a Monday, after Liverpool secured their passage into the FA Cup final, a 3-2 victory over Manchester City on Saturday, off the back of arguably the best half of football played by a Jurgen Klopp team in his tenure at Anfield. That first half was absolutely phenomenal. The Reds lined up with Ali in goal, Trent, Ibu, Virgil, and Andy Robertson in defence. Naby, Fabinho, and Thiago in midfield. Salah, Mane, Diaz up front. I think that is the best team Klopp has ever put on a football pitch together. I think it's the best 11 we have. I don't think it's particularly close. You can definitely make an argument for Jota. I'm just not sure who you can make the argument against. There's no argument we made in midfield anymore. And there is an argument without question for Joel Matip. But I do think Ibu's physicality, pace and goal threat maybe give him a bit of an edge. We looked incredible in that first half. Naby Keita's pressing, his energy, his aggressiveness was just exceptional. Salah and Diaz caused them constant problems. Mane was a menace in the middle. Fabinho broke up every attack they had. And Thiago was out there like Picasso, just painting a masterpiece. We went one up on nine minutes and Andy Robertson corner headed home with authority by Ibrahima Kanate. An absolutely monstrous leap and header that gave Zach Steffen no chance. Alan Shearer tried to claim that Ederson would have saved it. You could have put Ederson and Steffen in that goal. They weren't getting that ball. Not a chance. That thunders off the head of the big man into the back of the net. It's a great header. It's a great start. We're one up on nine minutes. We're two up on 17 minutes. Now, obviously, Zach Steffen gets the majority of the blame here. The ball is played back to him by John Stones. He hesitates on the ball. Sadio just goes, bowls out, flings himself towards the ball, gets a tackle in, and deflects it into the back of the net. Again, most of the blame goes to Stefan, but someone needs to have a word with John Stones. We're three up on the stroke of half time. And again, it's Sadio, but this one is a wonderful goal. 
Trent plays a first-time pass cross-field to Diaz. Incredible control, takes the man on, plays it to Robbo. Robbo's shot is blocked, comes back to Diaz. Diaz works it back to Robbo. Robbo works it in to Thiago. He plays it round the corner for Trent, who plays it back round another corner for Thiago, who clips this perfect little chipped pass across the, the face of their box. A ball that just screams, hit me, first time. And Sadio Mane does just that, catches it perfectly on the volley, slices across the ball, and it just spins away from the goalkeeper into the bottom corner. Again, Alan Shearer and other numpties saying that Stefan should do better. There's absolutely nothing he can do. No keeper saves that. No keeper saves it. That first half was brilliant. We bullied them. We took the ball off them whenever we wanted. We potentially could have been further in front. There was a brilliant bit of play by Naby that put Sadio into a 1v1 situation with Stones. Sadio's first touch was poor. Mo got into a couple of good positions and you felt like a confident Mo beats the last man and gets a shot away. But we were dominant. We were playing at a tempo they couldn't match. We were playing with an aggressiveness that they couldn't match. Somehow, Fernandinho didn't get booked in the first half despite two blatant yellow card offences. One where he kicked through the back of Thiago Alcantara and the second when he just hatcheted down Luis Diaz after Diaz made a fool of Joao Cancelo. Naby taking on the role of enforcer then left a little bit on Fernandinho a couple of minutes later. We saw Fabinho booked for nonsense. We saw Gabriel Jesus booked for nonsense as Michael Oliver had himself a bit of a nightmare day. Second half, we came out and we came out asleep. And Andy Robertson is poor for their first goal. The ball comes across the box and Jack Grealish scores from about 12 yards out. We've just come out flat, but we regain control of the game. And for the next 20 minutes, it's all about us. And Salah should put us 4-1 up. The ball is on his right foot and he clips it just wide. Again, we're pressing, we're harrying, we're dictating play as and when we want to. Thiago's in imperious form. Naby is everywhere. Fab is super aggressive, not letting the yellow card bother him. Sadio gets taken down by Fernandinho. Fernandinho will finally get his yellow card. But Naby, once again, first on the scene and right up into Fernandinho's face. Fernandinho is one of the great bullies of the Premier League era. He's one of the best defensive midfielders the league has seen since the formation of the Premier League. There's, there's no doubt about that. He is past his best now, but he's still a very good player. But one of the ways he's become a very good player is to be a bully. And Naby let him know, you won't bully us today. No matter what, you won't bully us today. Got right in his face. Virgil Anibu came in to defend the little brother. And it was all much ado about nothing. But it was good to see the Reds in as one, fighting for each other. 
Fernandinho should have been off at that point. That should have been a second yellow and a red card. Martin Keown said it was just about a yellow card. I'm not sure what game he was watching. Probably something from 1995. On 70, Klopp made some changes. He brings on Jordan Henderson for Naby Keita. We immediately begin to see a dip in midfield. 73, actually. We see a dip in midfield. On 83, Pep makes his only sub of the game. He brings on Mares for Gabriel Jesus. Klopp responds, bringing on Firmino for Mane and Jota for Diaz. Four months later, he brings on Curtis for Thiago. Now, I wouldn't put any blame on those three subs coming on because they came on at a difficult point where the game had turned against us and they were trying to get up to speed. The game changed when he took Naby off and brought Henderson on. And they began to look more dangerous. Now, we did still have a couple of really good opportunities. There was one Thiago pass that was outrageous. Everybody, I'm sure, has seen the clip. There was one chance for Salah where he breaks in from the left, from our right. Henderson makes the overlapping run and Salah tries to play him in. Ball gets blocked, I think, by Ake. Bounces back to Salah. It's a glorious chance. He really should score. But he hits a really tame shot that Stefan saves. There's another great chance where he's got men in the box. Should look to pass. Instead puts it terribly wide. Firmino has a great chance. Gets in 1v1. Keeper does well. Keeper does well to come out and smother it, no question about it. On 91 minutes, Bernardo Silva makes it 3-2. Again, Andy Robertson is poor here. Now, it starts with somebody shitting themselves in midfield and not getting into a tackle and then not bothering to track their runner. The left-sided midfielder for City should be picked up by the right-sided midfielder for us. That's how that works. And yet their left-sided midfielder being Bernardo Silva, who hadn't had a kick at the ball for 73 minutes, all of a sudden had become kind of central to what they were doing. And then all of a sudden in the 91st minute finds himself in acres of space with no trailing runner from anywhere. Riyad Mahrez beats Robertson, puts the ball across the box. And Bernardo Silva taps at home to make it 3-2. And then it got a little bit hairy. They had a long throw, bounces to Fernandinho. Virgil manages to get in an incredible block to send it over the bar. They take a corner. Again, it's a decent chance. Again, it's over the bar. Sterling gets a half-decent chance in the box from the kind of left half space, their left half space, our right defensive half space, gets into the box, but it's a tame shot, thankfully, towards Allison. We should have been well clear of them before they got that second goal. But the scoreline flattered City massively. 3-2 doesn't reflect how dominant we were in that game. For 70 minutes, bar the two or three minutes to start the first, second half where we switched off. 
we were on a different level to them, a completely different level to them. Now, Jack Grealish has come out and said, if they could have gotten it to extra time, there would have been only one winner. That's a bit rich coming from a fellow who, bar his goal, was absolutely awful. If you're starting a list of the worst players in that match, his name is right at the top of it. Yet another floppy performance from the Premier League's biggest flop. A hundred million pounds for that. A hundred million pounds. Magnificent. For context, our starting three, Salah cost 41 million, including add-ons. Sadio was 39, including add-ons. Diaz was 35. Now, there is add-ons in that, but we haven't paid them yet. That's 115 million. So for just 15 million more than Pep spent on Grealish, you could have had the front three who started for us. Sterling had another really poor game against us, as he typically does. Uh, I think his highlight was that free kick that he took an age over and then put well over the bar. That's another 50 million. Now, Pep didn't spend that. It was before him. But you'll note he's been one of the best players while Pep's been there, as has De Bruyne, as has all the other players that Pep inherited. Pep's signings haven't been particularly good. There's been some fake numbers going round in the aftermath of this. Now, so I want to address this while I'm here. That their starting 11 cost more than ours. It's not true. It's not true. Well, it kind of is. So their starting 11, including all add-ons, cost £434 million. Pounds. Our starting 11, including all add-ons, will cost £434 million. Pounds. Now, we are yet to pay the £15 million or any of that £15 million in add-ons for... Luis Diaz, we won't have yet paid all of the add-ons in the Diogo Jota deal. So there's probably, I don't know, somewhere in the region of six to seven million still outstanding on that. So our team on the day, probably somewhere in the region of 405 million, somewhere like that, about 405. Maybe a bit more, maybe 410, say. About 410 million. So their team did cost a little bit more than ours, but not. I've seen someone, some people suggest ours cost like 350 and theirs was 500. It's not true. It's not true. You, you can look these things up. It's quite easy to look these things up and, and stop using Transfer Market, please. Stop using Transfer Market. Go and actually find news sources that reported the fees. Um, other excuses that have come out, obviously, it was City's B team. Okay, let's have a quick look. Right, Zach Stefan is the backup keeper, but he is the first choice cup keeper. But he is the backup keeper. City fans have been telling us all for, for two or three years now that Jack Canseo is the best fullback in the country. So he's definitely not part of any B or C team. They've been telling us all season that John Stones is, in fact, their best centre-back and is, at, at worst, a top three centre-back in the league, so he's not part of their B team. Nathan Aki was their best player on the day. While he may be a backup, he was their best player on the day. Zinchenko might be a backup now, but he has been a starter for significant periods at City. 
Fernandinho's their club captain. Is he an automatic starter? No, but he is their club captain. Bernardo Silva, they told us, was the player of the season. Gabriel Jesus always starts against us, as does Sterling. Jack Grealish cost 100 million. And any City fan you listen to will tell you that Phil Foden is the greatest player England have ever produced. So, Stefan, Zinchenko, and Aki, I can take as backups. And Fernandinho, you can throw him in there as well. So, we can go with four of them. But again, club captain has been a regular starter and was the best player on the day for them. If we wanted to be pedantic about our team, we could say, well, we didn't have Jota start. We didn't have Firmino start. We didn't have Matip start. Our club captain was dropped and sat on the bench. And he was dropped, by the way. Let's be clear on that. Four teams in semi-final, three club captains start. You've never seen a club captain rested for an FA Cup semi-final. Klopp said he was going to go full strength. He went full strength. The club captain was dropped. And if you heard Klopp after the game, he knows that's his midfield. Naby, Fabinho, Thiago. He knows that's what the midfield should be. It's just a matter of health with Naby and Thiago. If those two had Ginny Wijnaldum's physicality in terms of not getting hurt, if they had his availability, that would be the midfield 50 times a season. That's just what he'd go with. There'd be no conversation. That midfield was unbelievable. There's a great, there's a great comp going round on Twitter. Uh, I'll try and see if I can find who put it together. Uh, okay, it's at BK8IP3. He was at Baby Keith 8 originally. He put together a compilation of the Nabi Fabinho Thiago trio, and it is phenomenal. It is phenomenal. So go and give that a, a watch at BK eight IP three. Sensational. There's individual comps of Tiago and Nabi going around as well. Make sure you get on those. They're great. Uh, main Liverpool sites. Klopp has done a press conference ahead of the Manchester United game. Uh, Mane doesn't need Diaz competition, says Kloppo. Well, they're not really in competition now because Sadio has moved into a central role. So Sadio and Bobby at the moment are the central options and Diaz and Jota are the left-sided options. Klopp has no worries for Mo. Yes, he's struggling in front of goals, but if you go and check out Sam Maguire's Twitter feed, Sam will show you why we don't really need to be worried about him. Ask Stephen Brennan as well. He's had some good stuff on Mo, one of the first fixtures to look for. Obviously, it's United tomorrow night. It's going to be huge. But they're garbage. Like, they're garbage. Any success is a credit to the whole squad. Klopp loves that. Loves that squad mentality. Uh, Man United expect routine night for Liverpool 
as disastrous season continues. So United were awful at the weekend and scraped past Norwich. Um, Cristiano scored a hat-trick. Norwich basically threw two of the goals in for him. So, you know, he probably won't do anything now for the six games. Uh, Liverpool will meet Chelsea in the FA Cup final. They overcame Crystal Palace yesterday. Ralph Rangnick is not expecting an easy reunion with what he calls an extremely good Liverpool team. Nor should he. Nor should he try and claim that six or seven of our players are former Leipzig players or former Red Bull players that he signed. Nabi, Ibu, Sadio, Taki. And Taki doesn't get on the bench a lot of weeks. So, you know. Moving on to Liverpool.com. Liverpool know what Salah needs next, as Jurgen Klopp claims will prove correct. He needs his contract. Give him his contract and that man will explode again. He also just looks knackered, to be fair. That fella has played an obscene amount of football. An absolutely obscene amount of football. Now, so has Sadio, but Sadio's had a dip this season. Sadio didn't perform anywhere near the level of Mo pre-Christmas. Sadio's form has actually come post-AFCON, probably with the confidence built by winning the competition. Liverpool want 50 million playmaker as 250 million transfer spree could influence FSG's plans. Uh, £83 million transfer battle. Liverpool face competition from Real Madrid and AC Milan as they look at Orly and Chiumeni this summer. According to Gazzetta della Sport, Milan are keen. Milan are about to be taken over and could reportedly go in at £250 million. Please, please. Uh, too many won't cost 83 million. That's nonsense. Uh, Football Insider, who's a spoofer, says Liverpool do plan to offer Sadio a new contract. There's been nothing on that, nothing at all. Uh, 50 million playmaker linked Nicolo Zaniolo. He is sensational. He's a ridiculously talented player. The issue with him is he's had two ACL tears already. And, I mean, he's only young. I think he's 22. Yeah, 22. He'll be 23 this summer. He's a phenomenally good player. But two ACL tears is very, very concerning at his age. And they're not the only injuries that he's had. He's had calf problems. He's had muscle problems. Uh, he's had a, a separate knee injury outside of the, the two ACL tears, more calf problems, problems with the hip flexor. Now, this is not somebody that I think we will be signing. He might be the most most talented Italian player going right now, but I just don't see it. Not with those injury issues. It's unfortunate because I, I would love to see him at Liverpool, but not with those injuries. Uh, Liverpool can re- repeat Sorry, FSG can repeat Liverpool transfer masterstroke by signing a 15-goal star matching Sadio Mane. This is Emmanuel Dennis. I wouldn't say no. I wouldn't say no to Emmanuel Dennis. 10 goals, 5 assists this season. Um, 0.57 goal contributions per 90. That's pretty impressive. 
Same amount of goals and assists as Sadio. Only eight players have more goal contributions in the league. And he's doing it for Watford. But um, I don't think you'd put him in the same basket as Sadio. As a squad player, if we were to, say, sell Tacky, lose Divock, keep Salah, Mane, Diaz, Firmino, Jota, if you wanted him as the sixth forward, absolutely. If you were to start Salah, have Jota as his backup on the right, start Mane, have Bobby as his backup through the middle, start Diaz, have Emmanuel Dennis as his backup on the left, that, that I can get on board with. Uh, anything above that, I don't know. I don't know. I need You need to see how he does in a good team. It's one thing doing it in a bad team where you're the focus of a lot of things. It's different when you are put into a top team and you're just a cog in a machine. Uh, on AnfieldIndex.com, we have some player ratings from the City game done by Scott Chandler. What's he got then? He's got uh, Ali with an eight, no problem. Robbo with a seven, I, that might be a little high. I might go six. Virgil with a seven, I think is fair. Didn't think he had a great game. Ibu with an eight, fair. Trent with a seven, that's low. I think it's an eight. His passing was great. Defensively, he was brilliant. Thiago with an eight, for me, it's a nine. Fabinho with an eight, for me, it's a nine. Naby with an eight, for me, it's a nine. I think those three were unreal. Diaz with a seven, fair. Maybe even go to eight on him. Mane with a nine, absolutely fair. Six for Salah, yeah, I think that's about right. Uh, five for Henderson, I think even that's being generous. It was a four out of ten performance. Shout out to the Echo, who gave Henderson a six out of ten and Naby a seven out of ten. But then, a day later, wrote a big fluff piece on Naby, Naby obviously because of the backlash that they received for said ratings. Uh, Bobby is six. Jota no rating because he didn't do anything really. <laughs> Came on and ran around, never really touched the ball. And Curtis Jones no rating. Uh, those are not bad, not bad at all. Um, podcast wise, there is the raw entitled "The Four Trophy Reds" continued, hosted by young Guy Drinkle and myself and Mister Trev Downey joining him as guests. A guesting Trev Downey. It's new. It's exciting. And it worked. I think it worked. Uh, there's a new Euro incision. Nina and Themis discussing the game against Benfica. Uh, there is an AI scouted, which we covered the two Manchester games. So it wasn't just for City. It also covers United. So give that one a listen. Uh, and the latest Moby on the spot was out as well. So that's called I'm Fine Gaffer. Trev and Jan having a good old chat. So give all of those a listen. And before we go, there is breaking news today. For, well, not breaking news, really. David Ornstein has reported that Liverpool are now in talks over a potential new front-of-shirt sponsor. The current deal, which is obviously with Standard Chartered, runs out in 2023, and Liverpool are trying to get either a new deal with them or a new deal with someone else in place. Now, that deal currently pays us $40 million a year. You would imagine the next deal, the starting price, will be at least 50 So currently, now I want you to tell me which one of these you think is a little bit, a little bit spoofy, okay? Now, just bear in mind before we go into this, Arsenal Football Club, who in my view are the third biggest club in the country, forget success, 
at the minute. Forget where they are. These things are based on fan base, brand, exposure. Arsenal Football Club are a far more bigger, far bigger and more glamorous club than Manchester City will ever be. Arsenal earned 40 million a year from Emirates as a front of shirt sponsor. And they signed a 15-year, 100 million pound stadium naming rights deal. So that's, let me just get a calculator here and see what this would be. So calculator. Okay, so 100 divided by 15. Okay, so Emirates pay Arsenal about 46.7 million a year. Okay, so just bear that in mind. Remember, that's the Emirates in London, packed every week. Arsenal Football Club. Spot the spoofer. Manchester United, front of shirt, 47 million pounds. Notably down from that Chevrolet deal, by the way. Barcelona, 47 million pounds. Chelsea, 40 million. Now that deal might be coming to an end with three. We'll see what happens in the summer. Bayern Munich, 25 million pounds. Real Madrid, 58 million pounds. Manchester City, including naming rights, 67 million pounds. Now, as I said, the Emirates brings in about 6.7 million a year on the stadium. So let's just say that the Etihad brings in 8 million. Let's, let's just imagine we live in a bizarro world where somebody would be more willing to pay for a stadium that isn't full, is in Manchester, isn't owned by the club in the club in question and doesn't have any sort of historical value. Not that the Emirates has massive historical value either, but Arsenal do. Let's just say it's worth 8 million. That means City are trying to claim that their front of shirt is worth 59 million. More than Real Madrid. 12 million more than United or Barcelona. 19 million more than also Chelsea. And 34 million more than Bayern Munich. That's what they're trying to claim. This is a club that on FA Cup semi-final day had to put massive flags over basically an entire block that was designated to their fans because they couldn't sell out. And there was gaps everywhere in their end. And yet they want us to believe that the most commercially viable club in the world, please, please. But exciting news about the Reds. I reckon we get in touch with Crown Paints or Hitachi. We're putting the band back together. Let's get it done. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. 
you won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.